Hello and welcome to the Rock and Roll Football Absolute Radio podcast. I'm Matt Ford and the voice you're about to hear is that of Matt Dyson. Hi guys, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi guys, what was that? <laughs> I don't know. Hi guys. I'm out of ways to start these podcast intros, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I liked it. Okay, well, you know, I'll try, I'll try a new one next week, so it gets on. We have got a cram-packed show for you this week. We've got a Derby Day special with some of the four best grudge matches ever to take place on British soil, and we're joined by Forest and Celtic legend Chris Commons. What a lovely bloke he is. Isn't well, he a so gentleman? Really nice footballers coming on, you know, not your stereotypical uh, overpaid prima donna who wouldn't talk to the likes of us. Just some really great foot. It's really, it's been nice getting to know the real people behind the game. But you know what? It makes you realise maybe the stereotype is nonsense, and most of them yes. are just really nice yeah. people. They're just normal, very nice people. Yeah, exactly. All of the footballers I meet, whether they currently play or have played, are lovely. That's true. I'd say that about most of them. I'll tell you who it is. It's, it's, it's radio co-hosts. They're the ones you want to keep your eye on. Oh, yeah. As you'll find out in this week's uh, edition of <gasps> Rock and Roll Football Till I Die. <laughs> of course, we got that as well. It takes a really dark turn this week. So <laughs> that is a health warning at the start. This should come. You know, like when you used to get an old video to go, this video has been rated 18. Yeah. Because it contains it violence, contain. sexual swear yeah. words. Yeah. yeah, we need to do a warning. Or And then if you've been affected by anything in this drama, then we'll have to give out the Samaritans helpline number as well, I think. Brace yourselves. It's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Dyson, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Fordy still bearing up. You? Yes, yes, I've not been outside for 10 weeks, but um, weeks apart now, from that, I'm fine. Yeah, I mean, apart from that, everything's yeah. normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. You must, I mean, you, are you getting slightly stir-crazy? Or I'm ready to go outside. It'd be nice to go for a walk. Just get some yeah. fresh air. You know, I keep leaning out the window, getting sun on my face. Um, I'm shielding because of my asthma, so I'm, I'm, I've not been out at all. Um, and I don't have my own garden, so I've just been cooped up in a flat, which actually has been fine. It sounds worse than it is, but now I'm like, oh, come on, man. I am ready yeah. to... And I'll only do it when told, um, but yeah. I am ready for... for I actually read an article. I read an article about your, your living in, inside in the mirror this week, would you believe? Oh, yes, uh, I wrote uh, it, though. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I've been spied nice on by some paparazzi. You kept talking about, oh, lots of people are always checking in on you, seeing if you're okay. And then I felt really guilty. I thought, I haven't checked in on him to see if he's okay <laughs> at all. No, what but that's entirely in character. You, you never ask how I am. You, you simply don't care. It's a very one-sided <laughs> oh. friendship. Oh, no. Oh, horrible, man. <laughs> but you've got family to are be you okay? with. Don't worry about I ask it. You, no, actually, I ask you every week on this show, how are you? With you do, but it's in that way. Thoughts. It's in that way. That just <laughs> just say small it, talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fine, and I hope you are well. Um, now, every Saturday, when we have red hot Premier League action, you give us a rundown of the red hot action we can expect. At the yeah. moment, Project Restart Ooh. hasn't fully come to fruition. So, what will you be <laughs> reviewing for us today, Matt? Well, well, today I'm sort of looking at what we're focusing on on this show today. Oh, well, here we go. All will be revealed. Matt Dyson, take it away. 
your Dortmunds and your Dusseldorfs in Deutschland. We have some of the best derbies from down the ages to relive this afternoon in rock and roll football. But first, a history lesson on why a meeting of local rivals is called a derby. It's nothing to do with the ramshackle rams from Snide Park. It is widely believed the phrase does come from Derbyshire, though, specifically the town, the town of Ashbourne where since the 12th century there's been an annual Royal Shrove Chide football match, also known as Hugball, where two teams from opposite sides of the river, the Uppers versus the Downers, you don't have to take them to play the game, but I imagine it would have. <laughs> basically involves around a thousand people running around the town and trying to get one big painted leather ball into one of, three go- one of two goals three miles apart. It's like a rugby match meets a huge street brawl. I imagine it's been shelved this year due to social distancing. It wouldn't work very well during COVID-19. It's uh, as hectic looking and dangerous as cheese rolling. That sort of vibe, that classic, eccentric, traditional British violence in the street. But I thought the rivalry between the different sides of the town, the us and them mentality, was where derbies in football stemmed from. Intense hatred of people from virtually the same place as you. A classic way. A classic way of the ruling class dividing us and therefore staying in power. Other historians Ooh. though think Ashbourne Ashbourne is a red herring, and the term actually comes from the famous horse race founded by the twelfth Earl of Derby in seventeen eighty. The other big school of thought is that the first one was when Liverpool took on Everton. Their grounds were separated by Stanley Park, owned by Earl of Derby. The Earl of Derby adding weight to that theory. And one of the first uses of the term local derby in print media came from the Daily Express in October 1914. And that was about a Merseyside derby. Coincidentally, it was also the first game where a local scally asked a gentleman to give him a shilling to look after his horse and cart during the <laughs> But however they came up, so that was a bit boring and historical, but you know, it's fact. It was great. You can use this, you can use this when you talk to your family members later on in the day. Uh, mm. However they came about, who cares? From Madrid to Milan to Manchester, derbies do not disappoint. And we're going derby daft on this doolally derby day on rock and roll football this afternoon. Yes, Dyson! <laughs> Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Well, as Dyson said at the start of the show, it's a Derby Day special. We've been asking for your favourite Derby games where two rivals play each other, not just your favourite Derby County games all week. <laughs> That'd be madness. You've been tweeting us at r Football, so we've got four classic derbies to bring you today. Obviously, we've all been just scratching around for any football to watch. Harry's Heroes has been on ITV the last couple of weeks. Have you seen any of it, Matt? Oh, I've watched it all. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was there was so much more to it than I imagined. I thought it was just going to be like lads on on the tour, on the bus, just playing a few games and messing around. But there was actually quite some serious, quite powerful moments. Uh, quite fitting during Mental Health Awareness Week as well. I couldn't believe how emotional it was. I know. That's mad, wasn't it? Merson and Ruddock, when they had their falling out. Oh, I mean, man. what Merson's achieved is very, very impressive, you know, and he's really doing well in the Merson. It's great to see. He is an incredible bloke um, and so strong. But just that, you know, that kind of, that argument is an argument so many other people will have had yeah, with, with yeah. friends. You know, so many people will recognise that conversation. So to see Paul Merson and Neil Ruddock having it, it must be so powerful. Yeah, 
Yeah, it really was an amazing piece of TV. And then when you hear about what happened to, to Hendry as well, <sighs> such sad stories there. And there's, there's just so much more to it than just Harry Redknapp messing around with loads of ex-pros. It's a great show. Really, you should really, I really recommend it. I loved it. And also, watching the game. I mean, the, the, the games of football they had. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. I against mean, the were. nudist team in France and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I was amazed we beat Germany at the end. Yeah. I, I was shocked. I, I was like, what? They just it. looked so... All our lot looked, with the greatest respect, and some of them are friends yeah. of the show, a little bit <laughs> yeah. oh, heavier than great, the German yeah. lads. You know? Yeah, they really did, didn't they? they could, I think it helped that the German striker, although he was quite young, thought, yeah, he couldn't score at all. He, looked like he must have been like the one of the worst strikers to ever play for Germany in his life, because he could have scored a hat-trick quite easily. But it was but, Kakao. Um, How could he not score yeah. past David <laughs> 80? <laughs> <laughs> and they made they made this big deal about them having to lose weight during the week, like that was part of the clearly part of the show's idea. And they did lose weight, but they were still massively out of out of shape to play at ninety minutes of football. Well, most of them were losing like half a kilo. You're like, yeah, yeah. lose that if you didn't have your tea. Like this is like <laughs> <laughs> barely lost anything. And David Seaman just laughing at everything. David, I think oh, you've broken yeah. your finger. Yeah, yeah I'm a guy. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm in a lot of physical pain. <laughs> I think I'm gonna pass out. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Now we're all scratching around for some football to watch. Many of us have been watching Korean football while we wait for English football to start. And one of the problems has been watching football in empty stadiums. Now, some broadcasters have piped in crowd noises. FC Seoul took a unique approach to create some atmosphere. (laughs) And instead of fans, dotted around the stadium a series of sex dolls dressed up have you seen this matt yeah dressed up as football fans aren't they? i mean they look i suppose they're quite realistic uh, you know the technology's improved but i think they were weren't they holding adver- hoardings adver- they were holding banners like advertising company as well so it did seem like it was quite well organized but... oh this is the korean equivalent of paddy power basically yeah yes that's it yeah great marketing yeah really it's really worked for them the side have been fined £67,000, um, but the leagues apparently recognised that the club had not intentionally ordered sex dolls. So they'd ordered dolls, right. adult dolls have turned up. Apparently they ordered them from a Mr D Trotter in Peckham. Um, <laughs> they've also had to apologise. The bottled water they sold in the club shop turned out to be radioactive. So uh, if anyone knows Mr Trotter, I think the Korean authorities are after him. Um, (laughs) Apparently the South Korean League recognised the club had not intentionally done it, but said that given the appearance and characteristics of the dolls, there was enough time to realise a mistake had been made. (laughs) Which, I mean, because once you've realised, don't do it. It's not like they're going to go, well, we thought the fans at home might like to see some adult dolls in the stands. It might cheer them up. (laughs) I think there are Korean football fans at home going, some of the blokes going, flipping heck, they make ones that like football now. (laughs) It's <laughs> really <Exactly>. realistic <laughs> Flying off the shelves You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast Now when there's no football on People from football end up in some strange places And you may have seen At one of the government's daily press conferences this week Robbie Savage Got to ask a question Of the Secretary <laughs> of State for Health I couldn't Ridiculous. But to say I couldn't believe it Doesn't do justice to the principle of disbelief <laughs> I'm still not entirely sure that's what I saw. Have you seen it, Matt? 
Yeah, yeah, it's just it's insane. Uh, I mean, anyone else from the world of football punditry would be taken a bit more seriously. Anyone but Savage, come on. It's his hair and everything about him is a joke, isn't it? Like, he looks... <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to ask a question. The Secretary of State for Health, isn't it? <laughs> right, you're a football coaching, right? No, hang on, let's have it right. you got people running around. I want to ask a question, and I, it's my turn here. You pipe down, boy. So what? <laughs> we're just living in... A, you know, there's no point when we were growing up when you'd have turned on a Downing Street press conference and seen Alan Hansen yeah. asking a question of Tony no. Brown. Well, so I just want to ask you a question. Where's the weapons of mass destruction? You put out the dossier, it's sloppy, there's not enough detail in there. I can't believe Saddam Hussein has the capability. Well, look, Alan, I think look, the point that Alan Hansen raises, actually, and there's a very good point there, is about intelligence gathering. He'd be like, what? <laughs> What's going on? What is going well, on? Been, in this era of populism, I wouldn't be surprised if Savage started to get He'll probably be the next uh, culture, media and sport minister. Savage. Oh, man. Boris Imagine. will get him in because he's a character. He's a character. Everyone loves him. No, everyone doesn't love him. I don't think he's <laughs> <interesting>, but... <laughs> Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Now, it's one thing having Robbie Savage turning up at a government press conference and holding the executive to account. It's quite another checking Robbie Earnshaw's Twitter feed. Now, Earnshaw's a phenomenal footballer who was great for us at Forest. But he tweeted <laughs> yeah. something the other day, and this is what it said. There is zero evidence that today is Sunday. And by the way, he tweeted this on a Sunday, so just that's important. There is zero yeah. evidence that today is Sunday. We are all kind of relying on the fact somebody has kept an accurate count since the first one ever. <laughs> I mean, he said there's zero evidence. There is some evidence. I looked at my calendar and it yeah, did say Sunday. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a calendar and it has been going since we started recording time. So I think someone has been recording it every day pretty much, haven't they, since we started the calendar, the traditional calendar. I mean, what a strange a conspiracy way. theory. <laughs> I can sort of see what he means. <laughs> do you know what I mean like if you think about it in, a, in that sort of way you go oh yeah we have all just gone along with it if a mistake was made none of us would know if a mistake was made early yeah right okay so it could actually be Wednesday and we're all running around like idiots saying it's Sunday until a hero like Ernie points it out <laughs> I wonder if someone's gone back and checked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Don't put me off. No, 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 no. Friday. Oh, where was I? No, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, oh, sorry. I've got to 1986. Don't put me off. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to start again now. Right, dinosaurs. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> it's just not That's a point you expect Robbie Earnshaw to be making. <laughs> but, hey, wouldn't it be funny if he was right and we were all wrong? Laughing at him. <laughs> Earnshaw is maybe maybe Earnshaw is the soothsayer. He knows what's going on. He's not just sure. David Ike. He's Earnshaw. <laughs> oh, oh yes. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson on a Derby Day special. We've been taking your recommendations all week on the four best derbies in British football history. And we've got four amazing games that we're going to cover as live. Dyson, which two have you got? 
Well, it's Derby Day, so we felt we had to do a East Midlands Derby, uh, Forest against Derby, uh, a classic one from 2009 at the City Ground. Uh, crazy wee Scotsman Billy Davis in charge of Forest. He used to be the manager of Derby. Derby managed by Nigel Clough, who used to be a Forest legend as a player. It's it's going to be an exciting one, this. And then also, from 2004, loads of people on Twitter calling for us to do this one. Uh, Shammy, Allwink and Rob. Rob Edwards, amongst others. It's Tottenham against Arsenal from 2004. We had to have an old firm in here. There were so many recommendations. We've gone for the Rangers-Celtic game from 1987. And we've also gone for Wrexham versus Chester in 1995, which I think was the most recommended (laughs) one of all of them. So we've got four classic derbies here. Sound the air horn because there's a goal already in 2009. It's at the city ground, Matt Dyson. What a start for the Tricky Trees. One minute in and Raddy Majewski has scored. An amazing goal. He's hammered it from the edge of the box. The the smack as the ball hits the crossbar and goes into the back of the net. An amazing start for Forrest against Derby. They're 1-0 up already. Come on. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. We've got double air horn action in 1995 in the Wrexham-Chester derby. Two goals in as many minutes. Firstly, Andy Milner scored for Chester to put them 1-0 up away. But Carl Connolly has equalised for Wrexham already. It's got off to a thrilling start here. It's Wrexham 1, Chester 1. You cannot beat a local derby, Dyson. You cannot. What a great atmosphere. I love the atmosphere and the edge, the real violent edge to the game as well. (laughs) It just happens every time. It's just amazing. Yeah, I was thinking more of the the competition, the battle for local pride. You were thinking more. No, of... there's, a, there's always loads of really dirt, dirty challenges flying in from the very opening few minutes. It's great. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. We've got double air horn action here on Rock and Roll Football. There's been a goal in 2009. It's Forest Derby at the City Ground. Matt Dyson. Dexter Blackstock scores the second for Forrest with a header. He runs off to celebrate with the fans in the A block in that lovely Umbro red Forrest kit when uh, back in the era when they were sponsored by Victor Chandler. Just some guy called up here, some businessman. No, I think he was he was the bookmaker, wasn't he? I think he still is, possibly. Uh, but Forrest are winning 2-0 against Derby. What a start. They're off to a fly there. There's a goal in 1995 as well. Wrexham Chester. Goals just flying in every couple of minutes. It's only 18 minutes gone. And Gary Bennett has scored for Wrexham. It's 2-1. There's not even 20 minutes gone here. It's a Derby Day special on Rock and Roll Football. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. I don't know how to break it to you, but we're in a triple air horn situation here. Goals flying in everywhere in these grudge matches. Let's go first to North London in 2004. Matt Dyson. Yes, where Tottenham are resplendent in their white capper kit with Thompson's holidays emblazoned on the front. Ooh. Doesn't even exist anymore. It's 2E now, isn't it? I think Arsenal in their red and white Nike kit with the big O2 on the front, which they wore during the Invincibles era under Wenger. That was the season before this when they went on their unbeaten run. Spurs under the mad Dutchman Martin Yol have got off to the best start. All bets are off. Nabet has scored for Spurs, putting them 1-0 up at White Hart Lane in this North London derby. It's what a Scotsman says when he doesn't want to place a bet. Near bit. Yes, near bit. <laughs> Talking of Scotland, there's two goals in the old firm in 1987. 
Celtic going 1-0 up through Andy Walker. And then England legend Terry Butcher scored an own goal. It's Rangers nil, Celtic 2. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It is all going off in these Derby Day grudge matches. Let's go to the city ground in 2009. Matt Dyson. Would you believe it? Forrester 3-0 up in the 43rd minute. Nathan Tyson has scored. Uh, I predict big things from him in this game, potentially not just involving on-the-pitch activities, uh, but he is celebrating. Uh, Nathan Tyson has scored. Forrester winning 3-0. The Wrexham-Chester game in 1995 has gone ballistic. Wrexham are 2-1 up, but Chester have had two men sent off in the 45th minute just what? before... 45th? 45th minute! 45th minute! He's 45th! <laughs> Chris Lightfoot and Eddie Sharp have been sent off just before half-time. Chester will have to play the second half... 2-1 down with nine men. And there's a goal in 2004 in North London. Matt Dyson. Oh, just before half-time, Thierry Henry has got an equaliser for Arsenal. It is one all going into half-time. Oh, man. You know, the problem is with it, I love this. And I'm sort of like getting into them like they're actually happening right now. But I end up putting on like a football reporter's voice, Matt Dyson. <laughs> well, it's hard not to get caught up in this. Oh, I need to Dar- Derby Day delight. <laughs> Matt, Matt and you. Rock and Roll Football. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. And today we've got a very special guest to celebrate Celtic being crowned Scotland's champions for nine seasons in a row. He's one of the best players I ever saw play for Nottingham Forest. It's Chris Commons. Chris, welcome to the show. Very kind words. Thank you very much. Oh man, you were amazing at Forest. <laughs> in a so period, good. in a period where I mean, me and Dyson are both big Forest fans, as you know. But in a period where Forest underachieved, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing watching you play there, and then go on to such amazing things with Celtic. It was, was good, it, mate. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. It was really good. Uh, the only obviously sour note was that I never got offered a contract at Nottingham Forest, and then obviously I made the uh, decision to go down the A52. It didn't sit well with many players. People, but uh, you do what you got to do in these days. Don't you? <laughs> well, you got to earn a living. You know, at the time, obviously, it was quite emotional for for Forest fans. But the, the time you had at Forest, particularly that last game of the season against Yeovil when we got promoted from League One, that that party wow. was amazing. That was yeah. To end on that note was actually you know very very special because obviously I've gone through the heartache of you know getting relegated and the club going through so many different managers at the uh, you know in the time that I was there. It was nice to finally get the club back into the championship and, uh, yeah, ended on a real good note and nice. good celebrations. It was, yeah. One of your former clubs, Celtic, have just been crowned champions of Scotland. Obviously, yes. it's slightly unsatisfying the way it's been done, but do you think it's fair that Celtic got the league title? Yeah, I think with eight games remaining, 13 points clear, um, I think they would have gone on to extend that lead. I think they were the team that was banging form. Um, I knew they had personal goals, speaking to the manager about trying to achieve 100 points, 100 goals, um, and they really were in a rich vein of form, so I had no question that they were going to do on that. Um, but it is historical to get to nine championships in a row. You know, there's, a, there's only been a handful of teams that's done it over the uh, course of the last probably 120, 130 years, so I feel a little bit sad for the players and the supporters that they're not going to be able to celebrate this magnificent achievement but I think all eyes will now turn to next season where they've got the opportunity to get 10 titles in a row, which has never been accomplished. 
be incredible. Um, I mean, obviously, you're you're on a lot of the Scottish coverage on Sky Sports when they do uh, the SPL. Do you still yep. live in Glasgow? I don't know. I'm back in uh, Nottinghamshire at the minute. I'm oh amazing. Yeah, back to my roots. <laughs> oh, oh nice. quality! Was it, I had no idea. Was it Mansfield? Was it Mansfield area? You Mansfield? Yeah. So I was yeah, born yeah. yeah in Mansfield. Yeah. So I'm uh, living in Nottinghamshire at the moment. Um, but yeah, I've, obviously, I go up to. Scotland on a regular basis, apart from obviously the last couple of months. Um, but no, it's um, a lot better weather down here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my girlfriend's from Glasgow and she said she couldn't believe it when she moved to London, how little she ever needed an umbrella. I know, it is, it's phenomenal. You know, Stuart Armstrong, who used to play with us at Celtic, he got moved yeah. down to uh, Southampton. Southampton, yeah. And I, uh, I got in touch with him, I says, how are you doing, mate? How's, uh, you know, how's it going down there? He says, honestly, the weather, it's like living in Barbados. <laughs> 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 Different climate. <laughs> yeah, it is. Wow. How are you finding lockdown in Mansfield? Like, I presume you've got a garden and you can go for walks and stuff. Yeah, we're lucky enough. We've got a good front garden, good back garden. Um, we've got a park which is just across the way where you know there's not many people there, so the children get a chance to get on their, uh, you know, do their daily exercise with. You'll take the bikes and things like that. But yeah, the the homeschooling's the more challenging bit, and trying to do work and you know it's. Um, yeah. I've got a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a ten-year-old, and they're all vying for my intentions. Wow. They must think I'm Einstein, but they're actually teaching me stuff. And who, what team do they support then? Are they Forest? Are they Stags? Are they Celtic? Well, it's quite strange, really, because my oldest boy has still got. Well, I've, I've still got. I've got. I was a mascot for Mansfield Town, and probably about 1989, and I've still got the kit, and he Amazing. still wears the kit. So yeah, we've we've still got that. And actually, only yesterday, because we moved not so long ago. I've dug out the old VHS video of me as a uh, mascot at Mansfield, Mansfield Town, so wow. I'm scoring around on eBay to try and find a VHS player. <laughs> of course, of course, that's the problem. You've got the video, yeah. but you've got yeah. to play on. Yeah. No, it's impossible, wow. all this technology now. But no, they've got Celtic kits, they've got Barcelona kits, Real Madrid kits. Try and keep them relatively neutral. They've obviously not got um, a Rangers kit. That won't go down well. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got plenty, they've got plenty of Celtic. Oh, Chris, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, mate. You were amazing for Forest. Very kind and, of you. Uh, Thank you very much. One of the best left foots to ever grace the city ground. And we've had many cultured left-footed players, but Chris, certainly one of the best left feet we've ever seen. Thank you. Very kind of you. Cheers, Chris. All right. Thank you. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We've got double air horn action on this Derby Day special. First of all, at the City Ground in 2009, Matt Dyson. Uh, and uh, Forrest Worth 3-0 up. It's now 3-1. An own goal uh, from Wes Morgan. Captain Morgan not playing his Hammond organ this afternoon. That's very unfortunate. <laughs> Derby are back in this now in the 51st minute. And there's also a goal at White Hot Lane. Lauren has scored a penalty for Arsenal, putting them 2-1 up in the 55th minute. Goals flying in right, left and centre here on a Derby Day special on Rock and Roll Football. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. On the back of groundbreaking documentary series Sunderland Till I Die, the Leeds documentary on Amazon, the Spurs and the Man City documentaries as well that you may have seen, we allowed the cameras and the microphones behind the scenes here at Rock and Roll Football for a pioneering radio show called Rock and Roll Football Till I Die. And until these get broadcast, we don't know what's going to be in these episodes, so it's very eye-opening. I, I mean, this yeah. week's episode, Dyson, it's stuff I had no idea was going on. 
I know. <laughs> I must admit, I think I blanked it out of my memory. Uh, I mean, most of these things are normally like a fluff piece, almost like really good PR for the football club. I'm not. I'm not sure this is great PR for me. Uh, what I've been hearing so far. Well, it's um, it, uh, this this episode may shock you. So brace yourself. <laughs> New owner Simon Platinum took over rock and roll football just a few weeks ago. After initial resistance, he thinks he's already won over the show's suspicious co-host, Matt Dyson. It's time for Simon to implement phase one of his plan. Dyson, come in and take a seat. Wow, just look at you. You really are all man. A real chunk of hunk. You're like masculinity embodied. It's like God plucked you directly from the Garden of Eden himself. Like Achilles dipped in the river Styx, but without the weak heel. You never fail to amaze me. Physically, intellectually, and broadcasterly. Well, gee to the whiz, thank you. Dyson, I know we've not exactly seen eye to eye. Mainly because one of your eyes points off at a funny angle. Particularly when there's meat in the room. Well, I'm a pragmatist, Simon. I want what's best for the show, and I think you do too. But yes, if someone brings a plate of meat into the room, it's game over. I focus on it, like a lynx closing in on the kill. I approach subtly, but with quiet purpose. I smile so they don't feel threatened, and then I pounce. Bam! And the meat is gone. Then I generally just collapse, legs akimbo on the floor, meat juices all over my face and guts. Wow. That's actually way more disgusting than I'd imagined. Hey, don't be tight, man. That's my life. You back yourself up. I like that. I want you to meet somebody, Dyson. Have you heard of Jacob Snell? In the words of Franklin D. Roosevelt, no. Jacob is a friend of mine. He's a businessman from Ozark County in America. I think you'll like him. Jacob, come in. What's all this I hear about a plate of meat and juices all over your guts? You better not eat like that in my house, boy. We got strong values where I come from. You come down to Ozark County and start eating like some kind of city savage, well, it'll be beyond words, Mr. Dyson. But you sure as hell don't want to find out. Whoa, whoa, I would never disrespect you like that, Mr. Snell. I only eat like a pig in my own house. At work... Or in the houses of people I know really well. And maybe in the street if I'm in a rush. Is that right? Look, I believe in talking straight. Mr. Dasson, I want to start moving my product through your show. And I want to use it as a shop front to launder my profits. I got the DEA and FBI all over my ranch. And a semi-respectable man like you would give my operation the legitimacy it needs. Hold, hold on, hold on. You want me to move your product? Are you asking me to do what I think you're asking me to do? I can't be doing that. I'm a respectable man. Not to mention a talented, if low-energy, broadcaster. Simon was right. You sure do drive a hard bargain. What if there was something in it for you? Such as? As much meat as you want. Plates of the stuff all lined up. Beef meat, chicken meat, cooked meat, raw meat, sausage meat, and your personal favorite, out of date mechanically recovered meat. I'm in. Next week on Rock and Roll Football Till I Die, Dyson has to go on the run from the Navarro Cartel. 
Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. It's goal crazy here on this Derby Day special. Firstly at Highbury, Matt Dyson, what on earth is happening? There's goals flying in every second there. First, Patrick Vieira has put Arsenal 3-1 up. Then Jermaine Defoe scored a beautiful individual goal, ran past about four defenders, banged it into the top corner uh, to make it 3-2. But then just minutes later, Freddie Lundberg has scored to make it 4-2 to Arsenal. Lovely reverse pass to him from uh, Cesc Fabregas, a young Cesc Fabregas. I think he could turn out to be quite a good player. Then Robert Pires has scored a, far, a fifth for Arsenal. now the Gunners are winning at White Hart Lane. The biggest rivalry in football in Britain is Rangers against Celtic. In 1987, Celtic were 2-0 up away from home. Annie McCoy has scored for Rangers to make it Rangers 1, Celtic 2. And in the East Midlands, it's Forest against Derby. Another goal in 2009, Matt Dyson. And it's another goal for the Rams. A deflection at the back. Jake Livermore is credited with the goal. Derby have come back into this. It's now Forest 3, Derby 2. Absolutely nail-biting stuff in this Derby Day special on Rock and Roll Football. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. More goals in this Derby Day special. Arsenal against Tottenham in 2004. Matt Dyson. Yeah, I mean, it's madness. There are goals flying in left, right and centre. I forgot to mention that Ladley King scored earlier for Spurs before Perez's goal. So it's, it's 5-3 at the moment, but Ledley King has scored a goal for Spurs. So it's 5-3 to Arsenal. Yes. Sorry, yes, it is, at White Hart Lane. But I feel there could be at least one more goal in this. <laughs> in 1995, <laughs> Wrexham against Chester. Wrexham playing against nine men, Chester. Chester 2-1 down. They've just equalised with nine men. What? Andy Milner has scored for Chester. He's now 2 all there. And we're delighted to be joined now by Jim White, who's come all the way here safely from Sky Sports for My Sports News. Thanks so much, Matt. Don't forget to tweet us your personal sports news from the week at RNR Football and email us football at absoluteradio.co.uk. Well, Jamie has been in touch on Twitter to say that he won his first ever Formula One Grand Prix. He even took photos to share with his family WhatsApp groups so everyone could enjoy his special moment. He came fourth in his title fight and is now starting a new season with a better team and improved car. Austria will always have a special place in his heart. And when he says Formula One Grand Prix, Jamie is of course referring to the popular Codemasters game, Formula One 2019. Natalie. Of course, what a game. Big things expected from Jamie in the Drivers' Championship next season. Trevor Smith in Nottingham, meanwhile, has been opening door handles without using his hands. And he's very proud. So are we, Trevor. Well, it depends what he's opening with. Potentially a very unhygienic <laughs> technique. Let's hope that he's keeping it clean. Andrew Meldrum has a dog who needs daily exercise. Andrew also goes running. In order to continue doing both, the dog has had to start running. Andrew is not entirely sure the dog sees it as a good thing, but she has done very well. See what Crofts in 2021, Andrew. Kate has finished a level three hard Sudoku in three minutes, if that counts. Unfortunately, Kate, no one here at the MySports News Desk knows if that's any good, but well done, we think. And finally, Sarah Parkinson has been in touch with some exciting news. Having done some actual exercise over the last nine weeks, she now has the upper body strength 
to lift her biggest pan and ladle food into the dishes without standing on tiptoe. Well done, Sarah. It's proof we should never be afraid to take whisks. Anybody? Just me. Okay. See you next week on My Sports News. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Some last-minute goals flying into these incredible grudge matches. First of all, in 2004, Arsenal Tottenham, Matt Dyson. Freddie Canute has scored a late goal for Spurs in the 88th minute. It's now 5-4. Could there be time for an equaliser? There may well be in time. 90th minute in Scotland, Rangers against Celtic. Richard Goff has equalised for Rangers. It's Rangers 2, Celtic 2 in the biggest grudge match in British football. Now... To keep you entertained during the week, this week on Rock and Roll Football, we're launching the World Cup of Football Films. We picked 32 of the best football films and decided to pit them against one another to see which film will be crowned the greatest one ever made. We've got the obvious ones like Mike Bassett, England Manager, Goal, The Damned United, as well as documentaries like Bobby Robson, More Than a Manager, One Night in Turin, and of course... The classic Forest film, I Believe in Miracles. Oh. The way it'll work is we'll be running a load of Twitter polls throughout the week with a winning film progressing and the losing film being knocked out. We've just posted the draw for the round of 32 over on our Twitter feed, at R&R Football. So head over there now to see which films have made the cut, who's drawn who, and we're going to put the first set of polls up at 5pm today. So that's in about five minutes. Make sure you're voting, retweeting, and telling us which film you're backing to win. I've got to say, Dyson... I am yeah. going to be so predictable and pick I Believe in Miracles. What are you well, What are you rooting yeah. for? I mean, that is one of the best football documentaries ever. I think it's the best one I've ever seen. Not just the great story, but the way it's edited and the use of music in it. It's just such a... It's a thrill ride of a film. I absolutely loved it. But in terms of dra- dramatisations of football, they don't come better than the 1996 Sean Bean vehicle when Saturday comes. Yes. When he hard-drinking uh, northern bloke scoring winning goals for Sheffield United. I just loved it. I mean... Football never looks great, the action in films. It's always very hard to recreate, but I just love the story that went with this film. When Saturday comes, great one. And it did. it's probably dated quite badly, but at the time it felt really quite yeah. realistic. Yeah, it did, yeah. I might go away and watch it. Pete Postlethwaite was also in it as well. He's always worth the watch. Oh, brilliant. So head over to our Twitter feed, at R&R Football. Those polls will be running throughout the week, and then on next Saturday's show, we'll reveal the winner of the World Cup of Football Films. So join us next Saturday at 2 o'clock to hear how your favourite film get on and see which is the best football film ever made officially. We're going to decide this. So that's very exciting. Dyson, always a pleasure talking to you on a Saturday. Absolutely marvellous fun as always. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next Saturday with loads more fun and we will be revealing the best football film of all time. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Well, if you have been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, please do tweet <laughs> us at RNL Football. Yeah, please do. We forgot to, we didn't even have time. There's so much going on, so many goals. We didn't even talk about Nathan Tyson running around with his corner flag at the end of, of that Derby Forest game. Of course. Which was called a, yeah, you remember, you remember, he looked ridiculous with the corner flag because they're such a, such a pathetic looking flag, aren't they, really? Yes, it's not like Iwo Jima, is it? Flags of our no, yeah, exactly. Ira Hayes and the others are plunging it into, or, you know, yeah. um, who was it? Graham Souness. 
Oh, yes, in Turkey, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Galatasaray, we put it right in the middle of the centre spot. He just ran around with the pathetic little corner flag. But there was a 20 man brawl, it was amazing. I, I, I remember, I think I thought, I can't wait to see what Manish and Claridge make of this on the Football League show later. <laughs> funnily that's enough, I didn't think that. <laughs> didn't you? What? Oh, that's when the championship not. highlights. I was at the city ground, it was all going ballistic. The, <laughs> the last thing I was thinking was, I wonder what Steve Claridge is going to make of this. I was going, nah! <laughs> The championship highlights in their best ever state back then when the BBC were doing them. They're on some mad um, digital channel now, aren't they? Quest. Quest, that's it, yeah. Colin Murray's very good, but they're on Quest. It used to be, Quest was a, you know those collectible magazines where you'd get the binder and you'd get a different, Quest was a magazine in the late 80s, early 90s, and I think it was about science Is that what it was? I think so. I remember them having like titles on the front. Uh, I thought of sort of thought it was like an offshoot of like Men and Motors style TV channel Quest. I don't really know what it is. I guess it is. Yeah, for for younger listeners, Men and Motors was a, an obscure <laughs> digital freeview channel. That I mean, what did it just show old episodes of Top Gear? Yeah, yeah, and people driving around in caravans and stuff. That just sounds quite good. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, bring it back. Maybe we are. Maybe we are the podcast equivalent of Men and Motors. Oh, don't say that. Uh, maybe, maybe next week, <laughs> Too late. Instead of football, instead of football game, next week we'll relive some of the greatest uh, shows on Men and Motors <laughs> during the show. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it was fairly bawdy, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think I a lot think of it was nineties laddism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which we don't endorse. No, we don't. We've moved on. We have moved on, and we're about and so to. So should you. We'll see you next week. Rock and roll football. Podcast done.